Thanks for joining us today at Liberty City Podcast. Liberty City values each person's unique experience with faith, and we hope that this word impacts you today. Well, hello, everybody. If you have got your Bibles, would you turn with me to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7? It says this. I'm really excited about this series. That's not what it says. I'm just really excited about this series, and I'm looking forward to preaching this word with you today. But it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of sound mind. Amen. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this, For as he thinks in his heart, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your minds on things above not on earthly things. Let's pray and then we'll get into this message today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. And Father, we just pray right now, would your will be done? Would you speak? Would you have your way today? Father, would you bring conviction where we need conviction? Would you bring hope where we need hope? Would you bring perspective? Would you bring freedom? Would you help us with our thinking? In Jesus' mighty name. And every person said, Amen. We have been doing a series over the last few weeks where we are talking about our thinking. The series is entitled Worst Case Scenario. Because as people, we tend to err towards the side of just going into worst case scenario. Levi was talking about it last week, but you know, you get a bump on your skin and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get this checked out. Could it be cancerous? We get an itchy throat and we're like, oh, could it be COVID? We even get phone calls from our boss and we think worst case scenario, we're kind of like, oh no, I don't think I'm going to answer that phone call, worried that it's going to be something that we've done. We get a text from our leader or our pastor and we think to ourselves, oh no, has something happened? Have I done something wrong? We tend to be people who fall into the worst case scenario when it comes to our thinking. But as Christians, we must take hold of our thought patterns. Last week, Levi preached such a brilliant message talking about a new cycle of thinking, how we can get into a funky cycle with our thinking and how we need to come above that, a new way of thinking, and therefore get a new cycle of thinking. He talked about making sure that we withdraw often to pray just as Jesus did so we can get clarity, so that we can get space, so that we can hear from God. He talked about keeping the main thing the main thing, that when you withdraw and you get time with God, you're able to focus and keep the main thing the main thing, not focus on the wrong thing, which is so easy to do at the moment. And then the third part of the cycle being not giving up, that when we're withdrawing with God, getting space with Him, time with Him, that we then focus on the right things. We keep the main thing the main thing. And that when we do that, we have a tendency not to give up. We keep going. We press forward. But in order to have a new cycle of thinking, we must learn to sow new seeds in the way that we think. The law of sowing and reaping is pervasive throughout the Bible. And so the way that we think must be checked. The seeds we are sowing in our thinking must be checked. And so today, my message uh, 
is the cheesiest message title you will probably hear this year. But you know, I thought we have to have something that we can remember, that we can be thoughtful of. That out from this message, if you don't remember much, you might just remember this. The title of my message is simply, Think Junkie, Live Funky. Think Junkie. Live funky. Now, I'm not talking about funky like you've got good moves, like you've got some good beats. I'm talking about the kind of funky that when you open up that old cheese and you take a, take a whiff and there's something funky going on. The truth is, is that when we think funky, we live junky. And so I'm going to get straight into it uh, this morning, this afternoon, whatever service that you are a part of today. If you're taking notes... My first thought for us on ensuring that we sow good seeds in our thinking, ensuring that we start to get out of a funky way of thinking so that we can start walking the kind of life, the kind of journey that has freedom, that is full of joy, that is full of hope. My first thought for you is this, and it's a really important thought. The movie of your mind will become the story of your life. Think about that for a moment. The movie of your mind will become the story of your life. A few years ago, um, while we were on staff at our last church, our senior pastor got everybody into cycling, road cycling. And all of the pastors at about, all of the male pastors at about 4.30 In the afternoon, in the church office, every day, it was horrific, would start getting ready to ride home in their cycling gears. And it it truly was a thing to to behold. And uh, I would say that not everybody should wear cycling outfits because it was just that moment that you're like, oh my Lord, okay, like this, you just shouldn't be wearing this. But they'd all get ready and, and, and it became a big thing on our church staff that people were cycling. And so for Levi's 30th birthday, I bought him a really nice bike. And then later on, uh, he bought me a bike so that we could go cycling together. And I remember the first time that we decided to do a, a long, kind of long distance cycle together and we were going to be cycling up what is called a hill the, the name of it is a hill, but I assure you today, no preacher's elaboration. It was a mountain, a mountain of a thing. But we wanted to do it because at the very top was one of the most spectacular views you could hope to see. So we put our gears on, we start cycling, we leave our house, we get to the bottom of the hill uh, or the mountain, and we start to cycle up it. And about halfway through... Every part of me is hurting. I'm talking like my fingernails are hurting. My toes are hurting. Every part is just hurting. It's unbearable. And in my mind, I start picturing how great it would feel just to pull over to the side of the road and jump off and rest on that beautiful green grass. I started picturing it. And I started saying to Levi, babe, I can't do it. I I can't do this. I can't keep going. And he was like, no, babe, you got to keep going. And he's pushing me up. He's literally cycling and he's pushing me up on the way. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But aren't we like that with our thinking? That we know that we've got the wrong picture in our mind 
but we just don't want to change it. We know that what we're picturing isn't the right thing to be picturing, isn't the way, right way to be thinking, but we indulge ourselves, we allow ourselves to play out that movie in our minds. But we need to recognize that habit that we have. We need to start saying, you know what, I have to start living above that. Because it is, it's like we feast on it. It's like we feed off it. We, we start picturing that thing and we're like, oh man, I know that I shouldn't be thinking this way or thinking that way. But we start indulging ourselves in it. But we need to recognize that and we need to lift ourselves above it. When it came to cycling up this hill, I got partway up and I just realized, you know what, I need to start thinking about something different. The movie in my mind needs to play out different, otherwise I'm going to fail. So instead of thinking about pulling over and resting on the grass and kind of just looking at the road, I started picturing myself getting to the top, how it would feel. The picture that I'd see once I was there, the view that I would see, I started to picture something different in my mind. And you know, it was hard. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to do that. And actually, people who uh, do exercise talk about this a lot. They talk about the fact that you push through what? You push through the mental barrier. And so that day, I pushed through a mental barrier. Once I pushed through that mental barrier, I started seeing a different picture. And when I was seeing a different picture, it encouraged me to get to the top. And I got to the top that day. And you know what? When I got there, I forgot all the pain. I could no longer feel the pain in my fingernails. I got to the top and realized why I had started out in the first place. I pushed through a mental barrier. Now here's the thing, I admire people who push through the mental barrier when it comes to exercise and it's so visible, you can see it, you jump on Strava, you jump on these different apps and you're like, dude, amazing, that's incredible, like you were running these many, now you're doing this, you push through that barrier that you had, that's amazing, we can see that and we admire that and we congratulate that, but if that's important, how much more important are the mental barriers that we need to push through when it comes to our friendships, our relationships, our relationship with our husband or our wife, our character? How much more important is it to push through that mental barrier in order to break through for our character? You see, we're so um, quick to break through those things and, and say, look at what I've done, but what about the things that are a little less visible? What about the mental barrier that you have when it comes to the way that you speak to your family members, to your children, to your wife? There's always a barrier towards better thinking. There always is, but it's always worth it. The barrier requires some hard work some effort. We have to put effort in towards better thinking, towards victory in our lives. It requires some discipline. And most of all, it requires, hear this for a second, it requires humility. Because we're so stuck in how we think things should play out. We're so stuck in the way we think that person should react the way we think that person should listen, 
the way we think that person should look after me in this situation, we're so stuck in there. Why? Because of our pride. And so to break through into the kind of thinking that is going to allow you to live the kind of life that God has called you to live, we must come with humility. We must come and say, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to break through, to have the discipline that it requires. Better thinking brings breakthrough in the areas that we are struggling with. And here's what we need to understand. Your thoughts eventually become actions. Where the mind goes, the man follows. If you picture failure, you'll be more likely to fail. If you are continually playing out unhealthy situations in your friendships, in your family, in your marriage, you're more likely to end up in those situations. If you picture divorce regularly, guess what? You are more likely to end up in divorce because what you play out in your mind, you are opening your life up too. That's why when we do pre-marriage counseling with couples, we say, hey, one word you're never allowed to throw around, it's just a rule, is the word divorce. Why? Because when you start to think something and you start to speak something out, you open up the door for you then to step into it. Uh, If you picture divorce, you're more likely to end up there. If your mind is in the habit of replaying arguments, we've all been there, replaying that situation, then you will find yourself in arguments. If you keep looking for faults in the church, you'll find faults in the church, even ones that aren't real, because we all know that there are some. If you watch pornography, don't be naive enough to think that it's not going to affect your marriage, that you're not going to be more likely to do something really stupid in the future. The Bible is very clear that as a man or a woman thinketh, so is he. We need discipline. We need to stop opening doors. We need to start pushing through mental barriers that are going to help not just the mental barrier of your running, but the mental barrier of your character. We need to push through. Your thinking is creating a physical pavement for your life. It's creating a road. And let me tell you this, that road beckons to you to walk on it. And so we must be thoughtful of what is going on up here. If you're thinking junky thoughts all day, you won't enjoy your life. The movie of your mind will become the story of your life. So start thinking new thoughts, sowing new seeds, pushing through mental barriers in relationships, lifestyle habits. Say my marriage is amazing, that God has given me more than enough, that I have joy available to me. Listen, just because you don't use something doesn't mean you don't have it. Hear that today. Just because you don't use something doesn't mean that you don't have it. I have a soda stream. The Gales left it at my house as a gift. And we're like, you're going to love this. I've never used it. I've never used it. But just because I don't use something doesn't mean I don't have it. Listen, just because you don't use your self-control doesn't mean you don't have it. Just because you don't use the joy that is available to you through uh, the, the sacrifice that Christ made for our lives 
doesn't mean you don't have it available to you. Just because you don't use the perseverance, just because you don't use the peace, just because you don't use these things that Christ paid the ultimate price for, doesn't mean that you don't have it. Start to see what you have. See what Christ has given to you to empower you to make the right decisions, to break through in your thinking, to start thinking healthy and therefore start living the kind of life that God has called you to live. Amen. I'm clearly getting too excited about this. Point number two, if you're taking notes, is don't become isolated. Don't become isolated. The Bible is full of scriptures about not allowing yourself to become isolated. Now, this is especially important in this season because it is too easy for us to become isolated right now. We all have a great excuse. Now, here's the thing. Don't let it become an excuse. Don't allow yourself to just get locked into your little world because when you're in your little world where you don't have people speaking into your world, your thinking gets funky. You are not amazing enough to ensure that you stay in a straight line. We need people in our world. How do I know that? Proverbs 12, 15, the Bible is littered with scriptures about this. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 19.20 says this, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without a counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And here's a, here's a really uh, hard-hitting one. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Here's the thing is that we cannot allow ourselves to get caught up even in just a little unhealthy bubble of three or four people. If those three or four people are all carrying hurt, guess what? You are going to find yourself in this cycle of unhealthy thinking. And when you are in a cycle of unhealthy thinking, you are thinking funky and you're going to live junky. We need to have people in our world who can speak into our world, who can say, hey, you know what? Before you do that, I just let's talk about this. Before you take that step, before you make that action in your life, let's talk about this. We need people in our world because our minds are crazy, crazy things. Look at Jesus when he was in perhaps the moment that was the toughest moment mentally, where he's literally, it says, the word of God says in Luke 22, that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground because he was in so much anguish. He was so troubled by what he was about to do at the cross. But here's the thing, this is what the scripture says, and it's an example for us. It says this, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching that place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then, hear this, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. 
Now, Levi talked about withdrawing regularly to pray last week, that that needs to be a part of the cycle of our thinking. But here's the thing, not to withdraw away to go and watch Netflix, not to withdraw away continually to just play video games, not to withdraw away continually to have me time sipping on far too many uh, wines to get through COVID season. We need people around us. We need people close to us. Jesus, in his toughest moment, only withdrew a stone's throw away. Now, given the disciples may have been really strong and could throw a stone really far. But in my opinion, this is a picture of the fact that our Savior just withdrew a stone's throw away and he kept people close. If our Savior keeps people close, it is hardest moments We must keep people close. Seeking wisdom, advice. You know what that shows? It shows humility. And when we have humility, we can break through that pride and start to think in a new way. I'm sometimes wary of people who are constantly saying, oh, God told me, and really, very rarely asking those around them what they think. I'm, I'm always thoughtful of that. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm wary of that because God gave us people to help us with the way that we think so that we can talk, we can process, and therefore they can help us with the way that we live our lives, the decisions that we make. Let people in your world ask the hard questions. Listen to what others have to say. Be honest about what's going in your world and tell them the thoughts that you have before they become actions. And point number three, if you're taking notes today, is the memories have got to go. The memories have got to go. And, uh, you know, I want to say this, the enemy works through snapshots in your life. Works through, yeah, I've got my little handy dandy. That's what I was doing, by the way, over here, just doing that. The memories have got to go. The enemy and even ourselves work through snapshots in our lives. The moment you yelled at your your kids, snapshot, boom. Uh, The thing that you said to that person that time, snapshot. The way that person made you feel in that moment, snapshot. Uh, The moment you did that stupid thing that made that stupid decision, embarrassed yourself, the moment you were taking advantage of, the moments you were afraid, all of them, snapshots. And then he works them as reels and we do the same thing in our minds. We constantly come back to them, memories, and they can consume our thoughts constantly dragging us back into our past, into our old ways, into our old habits, into the old ways of thinking, memories. The memories, you know what I'm talking about. The memories that pull you back. The memories that say, you know what, you can't move forward into your future. The memories that pull you and say, hey, you know what, you can't be a person of integrity. The memories that pull you back and say, you know what, you can't be a person of character. The memories that pull you back and say, you know what, look at that person and what they said to you, what they did to you, you're nothing. Those memories, those snapshots start to pull us back. And if we are going to be people who start to step forward into all that God has called us to do and to have healthy thinking, then the memories have got 
to go. Now bear with me as I take you on a bit of a journey. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Isaiah 68 verse 4 says this, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. You know, um, we often hear uh, illustrations and stories about the clay, the clay, how we are the clay and God is the potter. And it's an important one to hear because it's such a picture, it's such an important picture and story of our lives that we're continually being molded. Praise God that he is kind enough to mold us, to carefully mold us. We know that uh, without the hand of the potter, it's just another piece of clay. But through the potter's hand, it can become a vessel, sometimes even a useful vessel, able to hold things, to hold water, to hold food, to hold your cup of coffee, whatever it might be. Then uh, the clay, as the potter is starting to mold, goes through steps. It's spun and molded into something great. And then it goes on to the shelf to dry. It's called shelf time. And let me encourage you uh, with this word just before we move on, that shelf time is incredibly important. When you are molding something and you finish molding it, it needs to sit on the shelf for a period of time so that all of the impurities that are on the inside of the clay can dry out. So that once the clay, the vessel, hits the kiln, it doesn't break and crack. And so, listen, you may feel as though you are in a season where you have been drying out on the shelf and you're calling out to your potter, you're calling out to God, saying, hey, I see you, you're still molding all of these people. You're still doing all of the, God, here I am. I'm I'm still over here on the shelf. Don't stress about shelf time. Shelf time is important. The maker knows how much time, how much shelf life the vessel requires in order to be strong enough to withstand the heat. So don't get upset about shelf time. Then, of course, there's the kiln, goes into the kiln, gets fired. Boom, you've got an amazing vessel. But one of the most interesting parts of this whole process has got to be this, the elimination of memories, the elimination of memories. A good friend of mine uh, back in New Zealand is an incredible artist and works with clay often. And she wrote up a whole, uh, I guess, instruction manual for me on how to best prepare clay. Now listen to this. This is part of what she said. She said, Nadia, the clay has a memory. Once you have formed it, it wants to go back to its old shape as it dries and shrinks. The clay has to be pounded and mixed in order to realign the particles so that the clay will hold its new 
shape. Clay has memories. And unless it is put through the ringer, it will always try to go back to its old shape. And there is a process that God needs to take us on if we are to move through the old ways of thinking, if we are to get past those old barriers that we have, those mental barriers that are stopping us from moving forward in the way that we think. The memories have got to go. Can I show you what it looks like, the process? Because we're thinking, oh, you know, like, nice, squeeze out the memories, push out the memories. No, no, no. I've seen it done before. Let me show you. And let me assure you that this is a soft way of doing it. In order to get new memories in the clay, you have to do something like this. Now, imagine for a moment, I'm God, just for the illustration, and this is you. Again, and again, and again, and again. Our loving God, our loving Father, helping us move forward in life, get better thinking, so that we can live the kind of life that he has called us to live. It has to go through that process. Now remember that the word of God said what? Endurance develops strength of character. You know, when you um, take a piece of clay from a potter, someone was to say to me, hey, here's a piece of clay, you can use it to do whatever. Do you know what the question that is asked is? They say, what is the character of the clay? And that means how often has that piece of clay been through this process? Because endurance develops strength of character and means that once the vessel is formed, it will not try to go back to its old way of thinking. So let me encourage you today. You may feel like you are going through the ringer. You may feel like God is bringing so much challenge to your world. But don't be afraid of it. Our God is good. Our God is loving. And he wants to see you move forward. Our character is who we truly are. But also the way that we think is who we truly are. It's the meeting of two parts. The sanctified, we can have character, godly character, because we are sanctified. And we can continue to have better thinking because he continues to sanctify. Our thinking can improve. The way that we view things can improve. And it's the coming together of who we are. They are connected. Our character will form our thinking. Our thinking will form our character. All of those things will lead to the steps that we take in our 
lives. Remember at the start of this message, I shared the story about pushing through the barrier. Barriers require some hard work, guys. It requires effort. It requires discipline. It requires perseverance. It requires a bit of shaping. It requires a bit of humility. The developing of our humility. The movie of your mind will become the story of your life. Don't become isolated. And the memories have got to go. When we think in a healthy way, we see things in a wealthy way. I'm not talking just money, just talking about joy overflowing, hope full, talking about living the kind of life where we're not continually struggling, continually negative. When we think in a healthy way, we see things in a wealthy way. I wrote this down because we have to finish off with very cheesy one-liners, like the introduction to my message. Think junky, live funky, but also think healthy, live wealthy. Think healthy, live wealthy, live above and beyond, live full of joy, live full of courage, live full of confidence, live full of faith. You know, um, the amazing thing about the clay is for many of us, we're thinking, you know what, my thinking has been shocking. The beauty of God is that he says it doesn't matter if it's all cracked and broken. His presence comes like water and brings that renewing that we can sometimes so desperately need. His presence pouring out and he makes things like new. He takes that broken vessel, that cracked vessel, the vessel that we thought would never be able to be used again. And he brings the oil of gladness. He brings the water, living water of the Holy Spirit. And he renews those things. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good pleasing and perfect will of God we are refreshed by the spirit of God which is like water he heals the brokenness brings life back to the clay and then he lovingly crafts us gets rid of the impurities that were there and we become what we are called to be and he shapes us to, into a vessel that can be used. He gives us purpose. He turns us into a masterpiece. The water renews our mind on a daily basis, keeps our minds clean, keeps them focused on the good, keeps us healthy. And therefore, we live a healthy kind of life. We're so glad you joined us at Liberty City Podcast. Please check us out on social media and find an event to connect with us.